Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, viewed to be the best. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I think sometimes it's just kind of fun to sort of pause and reflect about how great things are right now. As a sports fan, things have rarely been better for me than they have been over the last few months, and specifically the topic of this show here right now, uh, Georgia football, of course. I mean, has it ever been better to be a dog fan than it is right now? And you may have lots of different ways in which you measure that. All of the national championship gear you've bought may be your measuring stick for that. Or, you know, all those, I guess people don't really have ticket stubs anymore, but things that you've collected, whether it be confetti from some of the various stadiums or souvenirs that you picked up along the way, that may be your measuring stick for for identifying just truly how great the last few months have been to be a dog fan. But let me give you maybe the the best thing of all. And some of you are more sort of acutely aware of this than others, you know, depending on who your family are, who your friends are, who the people you work with are. I mean, it has been very, very quiet on the make fun of Georgia front here as of late. Because if you want to go back a year ago, and in just a moment we will, but if you want to go back a year ago, Man, Georgia fans were just getting jokes all over the place. You got Florida fans saying what they were saying. You had Alabama fans who were sort of typically talking their brand of trash. And we just don't hear any of that anymore. Let me remind you of kind of what it was like this time last year. And we'll also kind of point to how things have changed. So do you remember last year on Father's Day, Lane Kiffin shared this sort of like goofy Father's Day meme type thing now if you're listening radio uh podcast you're not going to be able to see this obviously but you've probably seen it before but this was like the thing from kiffin last year i don't even know what like the genesis of this picture was but it's like this like really sort of swole looking guy and kind of a sleeveless shirt and he's holding a little kid and uh so what lane kiffin does is he says trying to get swole after spending sunday with the goat uh, and he tags the alabama account and, and kirby smart and he shows this like meme of this like big old uh you know muscular guy holding this small kid and it's it's kirby smart the face of the small child and nick saban the face here of the father and the uh caption says happy father's day with the alabama you know a the thing they stole from the braves uh with the you know the mullet on the back of it uh it's it's that a in the a for happy there and all of that and Obviously, this was kind of a uh, sort of a big deal when when Kiffin shared it a year ago. Everybody around the SEC thought it was so funny. Um, I remember because I actually went back and listened last night when when Kiffin and I'll share what he tweeted, you know, today in a moment or yesterday in a moment. But when the Kiffin thing kind of bubbled back up again last night, I went back and listened to last year's edition of of the show when that tweet first came out. That tweet that I just showed you, if you're watching on video, came out a year ago. And I don't know, like to go back and listen to that and how things have changed in a year is really pretty remarkable because I remember, or at least I I, I noticed myself when I was talking about this a year ago, it's almost like I was a little bit defensive about it or kind of irritated about it, even though I was trying to maybe like act like I kind of wasn't just to be completely frank here for a moment that, that, you know, this whole notion that, that Nick Saban was Kirby Smart's daddy, as silly as it is that an SEC coach is tweeting that kind of junk. You know, the idea was that for a Georgia fan there for a while, you just sort of had to sit there and take that. You sort of had to sit there and kind of acknowledge the fact that, yeah, you know, Kirby's done a lot at Georgia, but he hadn't gotten over the Nick Saban hump. 
and it wasn't obvious when that was going to occur. And that was that kind of unfinished piece of business that hung over Georgia football and it allowed people to kind of make fun of Kirby in relationship to Nick Saban, but also Georgia in relationship to like 40 years worth of frustration when it came to winning a national championship. This was not necessarily a fan base that was in a great mood about topics like this a year ago. Now, Kirby, to his credit, always just kind of brushed this kind of stuff off. Kiffin's sort of the class clown of the SEC, and you don't really take class clowns too seriously. When Smart was kind of asked about this stuff last summer, I mean, it was not that big of a deal to him necessarily. In fact, since we're talking about it, this is Smart last summer addressing goofy tweets like that from Lane Kiffin. This is what Kirby Smart said back then. I'll give Lane this. He didn't post that uh, unwarranted. I mean, we have a, a, a legendary side thread that goes on between Lane and I. So he sent that on the side thread long before he posted it on Twitter. So I know he does it for reaction and for entertainment. We spent several years together there at uh, at Alabama, and that's that's another one of his ways of taking a shot back at me because you know he used to get whoopings when we were there. I didn't get <laughs> I, I didn't get the same whippings he got. So uh, he's getting his. He's trying to get his his jabs back. If memory serves, that clip was from an interview that Kirby did with Marty McGee, the show from ESPN Radio, the SEC Network. And quick aside here, I mean, if I could pay-per-view anything, like you could pay for any content out there, to be a participant in like the coaches thread that a lot of these SEC coaches have together and you get to kind of get the sense that a lot of those former Saban guys are kind of in that same thread – I mean, how much would you pay to be a part of that? Every now and then I'll hear about a little something that might go on between some of these guys. But to be able to hear more of that, to be able to um, you know, have, have more kind of fly on the wall type vantage point for some of the interactions that go on here. I mean, there's probably nothing more valuable than that. Can you imagine what a coaching thread like that would be like when, when Jimbo's going after Saban the way that he did the other day or Saban's going after Jimbo, which kind of started the whole thing? I mean, can you imagine what that must be like and – I'm imagining it's probably pretty fun. So Kirby credit his ability to kind of laugh all that off when it happened a year ago saying, oh, you know, Kiffin got a lot more whoopings from Saban than I did. So, you know, Kirby's got a pretty good sense of humor about stuff like this. But the point of the conversation though here is, is that we're in a day and age now where Georgia fans themselves get to have a great sense of humor about all of this. Because a year ago, Father's Day, you know, you want to make fun of Kirby Smart. You want to call him, uh, you know, say that Nick Saban was his daddy. I mean, in a way, you sort of had to sit there and take that because, you know, Georgia didn't have a whole lot to fall back on. But you don't have to take that anymore. Now Georgia's the reigning national champion. And my, oh, my, isn't Lane Kiffin singing a different tune? Now, he was joking a year ago. He was joking last night. But it's still worth revisiting what he said right now. I'll show you this on the screen. This also Kiffin on Twitter, going back to what he posted a year ago. And all of a sudden now, Kiffin's singing a very different tune. He says, hey, Alabama fans. I guess I gave Kirby Smart some motivation last Father's Day. He says, sorry for uh, having done that. He also tags Paul Feinbaum in there, too. Obviously trying to get as much attention for himself as he possibly can. But Lane Kiffin, in joking fashion, apologized to the Alabama fans for giving Kirby Smart that motivation to uh, go out there and get that done. Now, listen, we don't think that Kirby was motivated by tweets like this. You heard last summer he was kind of joking about the whole thing. But it's just kind of interesting to know, and it's kind of fun to kind of pause on this there for a moment, that last year, and you can go back and listen to the show from last June. I went back and listened to it last night. While for the most part, I kind of just sort of laughed it off and and sort of pushed it to the side. Most Georgia fans don't care that much about it either. There was a sense last year of, hey, you know, when is Georgia going to do something that, that stops making this program the butt of jokes? Because ultimately, 
here's what I know about you. You probably don't care that much about Kiffin joking with Kirby, but there is that guy that you work with. You're glad that he shut up. And there is that, you know, brother-in-law when at Thanksgiving who you're glad that he has, you know, been able to shut up now or that person that you interact with on social media or message boards, whatever else. The fact that they don't have anything to say anymore either probably feels pretty good. And when it's all said and done, I mean, this is just kind of the thing we do in college football. You know, we like to build up rivalries. We like to kind of talk trash back and forth with each other. 99% of this is all good natured fun. It really is. But still, for those of us who have a little bit of a you know, competitive streak, being on the receiving end of all those jokes, after a while, it just kind of doesn't really feel good. You want the tables to turn, and you're kind of left to wonder when those tables are going to turn. Well, guess what? They've turned now. And guys like Lane Kiffin, who like to make you know themselves famous by uh, putting out jokes on social media, can't joke about Georgia right now. And for a lot of you who have those kinds of folks in your own life there as well, who maybe had a long list of jokes for a long time, Boy, those jokes seem really out of style right now, don't they? And who knows how long this lasts, how long George will stay on top of the college football world. But it's important to stop and enjoy it while it's taking place. That All of a sudden now, it's actually Georgia who gets to dish out the jokes. And it's Georgia who gets to dish out the, the jabs back and forth. And for all that has been said about UGA in the past, you can't say that stuff anymore. Georgia is on top of the college football world. And i got to tell you, as a Georgia fan, it feels pretty good to be there. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, and we are glad to be with you. No matter how you get to us today, whether it be first and 15 style, 945dognation.com, Dog Nation app, or on video after that, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Of course, we also do the show all day long at dognation.com there as well. Or radio, typically speaking, every single day at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref. Podcast form, lots of different podcast platforms, uh, Apple, Spotify, everything else in between. We try to make the show as accessible for you in as many different places as possible. And we are so glad that you stop by and spend a little time with us each and every day. And we certainly say a big thank you to our friends at Pella Window and Door of Georgia, making it all possible there today there too. You know, Pella Window and Door of Georgia equips your house with energy-efficient windows and doors. What that means is on a time like we've had here in Georgia the last few days when it's been you know seemingly 100 degrees, get the air conditioning working overdrive inside your house, the last thing you want is all that energy that you pay so much for escaping out of poorly fitted or just you know kind of inefficient or or poorly functioning windows and doors you don't want that and that's where Pella window and door of Georgia steps in they give you those doors those windows that help keep the energy inside your house where it's supposed to be they also look great on the outside there as well always a good thing to increase your curb appeal whether you think about resale or just being a good neighbor looking good on the outside is always a big part of that you take great pride in that and listen folks know when it's time to step up and upgrade their home that Pella window and door of Georgia is the trusted brand to do that homeowners across the Atlanta area have been saying this for a long time through surveys and everything else folks know the quality of the Pella product and it's time you've got acquainted with that there yourself so you can stop by and see them in their showroom there in Duluth I've been there it's really awesome and it's a great way to get your hands on all the cool things that Pella has going on that's Monday through Friday nine to five Saturday from ten to four or you can visit them online there as well PellaofGA.com slash dog nation PellaofGA.com slash dog nation or give them a call 678-638-1496 that's 678-638-1496. And take advantage of great savings there, too, because between now and July 2nd, you're going to get 10% off your entire project or no payments, no interest for 12 months. Palo Window and Door of Georgia is viewed to be the best. We're going to get John Stinchcomb here coming up in just a uh, couple of moments. Looking forward to doing that. I'll also take a moment to say 
that it's fun to be speaking to you today on what is our newest national holiday. It's called Juneteenth, and it's a really cool story. It's one of those things that I probably didn't know a ton about a couple of years ago. There's actually a long list of things I don't know very much about, so this was just one of the things on that list. But man, to learn more about that and to understand why our country celebrates today, I think it's a really cool thing. And I would invite you to take some time to, to do that and appreciate that. We have a very, very complicated history here in the United States of America, but it's all led to a country that I think we can all be really proud of here now. And so this is a chapter in that. This is a part of that. And it's cool to be reflecting on that as we do the show here today. So uh, also for those of you who are off today, happy to have you maybe checking in and kind of a day off situation, which you normally might not be. So that is all really fun. And what's going to be fun today there as well is talking to John Stinchcomb here coming up in just a moment. But before that, though, I do want to go around the doghouse. And it's assisted today by our friends at AAA. And, you know, one of the things we've talked about a little bit lately is the wide receiver situation at UGA. And I want to kind of build on that a little bit more based on what one of the Georgia wide receivers has said. So if you permit me to, let me go back in time and give you something that you've already heard. This is a clip we played for you last week. This is Kirby Smart from the morning show there, WJOX. Do you remember this back from May when he was talking about the Georgia offense? And we've played this clip for you in the past. We have um, kind of kind of focused in on the level of confidence that Smart seemed to be showing about his offense. And last week when we played this, we said, hey, notice that even wide receivers, that Smart is speaking – uh, you know, kind of more openly about the wide receiver situation at UGA and feeling seemingly pretty confident about that in a way that he hasn't before. So you've heard this, but I want to play it for you again as a way of, of setting up what I want to share with you today. So this is Kirby Smart from May feeling pretty good about the Georgia offense and speaking about wide receiver there in particular. Take a listen to this. Well, we want to be explosive, and we were last year. You know, people people have this miss. Everybody talks about the defense that got overshadowed that we were top ten in explosive passes, um, a lot better than a lot of a lot of teams in the country at throwing the ball down the field. Uh, we did that with very effective because we were able to run the ball. So we have to continue to do that. We've got some tight ends we got to utilize. We've got three or four wideouts that are really good players, and we think we've got some really good young backs that are going to help us. So with Stetson coming back and uh, the other quarterbacks we have competing, I'm excited to see what we can do offense. So one of the things we noticed about that clip last week and we talked about at the time was Kirby saying, hey, we've got three or four wide receivers that we feel really good about. And listen, I don't want to be too literal because that can oftentimes be a mistake. But one of the things I asked Terrence Edwards on the show last week was, okay, so if we're going to say that Kirby Smart feels really good about three or four of these wide receivers, you know, Terrence, who are those three right now? And you would assume that Adonai Mitchell is one of them because of the stats that he put up a year ago, that Ladd McConkey is another one of those because of the stats that he put up a year ago. But that, that combination of Mitchell and McConkey last year when Georgia really needed uh, wide receivers, the way in which those guys stepped up there in that situation, I, mean, I think it's really a pretty cool story, and I think it both gives Mitchell and McConkey a chance to build on that here for the upcoming season. So if Smart's saying, hey, I've got three or four really good wide receivers that as a team we feel really good about, easy to imagine that um, that, that Mitchell and McConkey are two of those. What I asked Terrence on Thursday is, and you can go back and listen to the show uh, from a couple of episodes ago if you missed it, I said, so Terrence, who, who who is the rest of that group? Who is who is the other one of that three right now? And Terrence on the show last week made a case for being Dominic Blaylock. And listen, I came out of spring practice for Georgia 
feeling way better about Blaylock than I probably hadn't imagined I probably would. Dominic's one of those guys that when you saw him play as a freshman in 2019, boy, you saw a lot that you really liked. And you want to go back to his time in high school there at Walton prior to that. There was a reason why he was such an elite recruit and why he was, I mean, you know, so buzzed about there at the time. I mean, this is a really pretty spectacular athlete. And he just seemed to have a nose for the football, a nose for playing the game the right way from the moment he got to UGA. And yet, you also know the story that over the course of the last couple of years, he's also just dealt with a large number of injuries and an injury setback coming at a time in which he thought maybe he's working his way back in. And it had just grown, I think, very frustrating for him and also disappointing for fans that, man, you were just left to wonder, would you ever see the version of Blaylock again that you saw when he was a freshman here in 2019? Well, this spring gave you reason to believe that's that that's coming back, that he's back, that he is back healthy again. He is back ready to be a contributor again in a similar fashion to what he was when he was a freshman. When George Pickens was getting a lot of attention as a freshman that same year, but Blaylock wasn't too far behind in terms of his ability to contribute for UGA, and now Blaylock may be back to being that guy again. Some of the stuff that Terrence said about that last Thursday, I thought, was really interesting. But when you think about this, who are the three or four guys for UGA? Who are the ones that that, that Kirby feels the most confident in? The other guy probably that we don't talk about enough in this situation is Kyrus Jackson. I thought it was really interesting on social media last week that I think that Kyrus was responding to, I think it was Phil Steele who had his like All-American list or All-SEC list or one of those lists. It was whatever it was. It was a list that Jackson wasn't included on. And Jackson noticed this on social media and put it out that he's ready to make sure that he gets the attention that he feels like he deserves. If you're a Georgia fan, I think you're going to really like this. Many of you have already seen this maybe before. But this is what Kyrus said last week. Let's show this. Uh, we even made a graphic of this here at Dog Nation. Uh, Karis responding to the fact that somebody somewhere had not ranked him on some list. I believe it was Phil Steele, if I remember correctly. Karis said, it's time for folks to respect me as a wide receiver. And he let you know that uh, he feels like it's time for him to shine. He's ready to go out there and show what he's all about there. And I got to tell you, I love it, man. When I was on vacation, uh, I think Darnell Washington said something kind of similar. And I like that there as well. But I, I like these guys motivated to go out there and show what they're all about. And I do like it. In, in a day and age in which, you know, A.D. Mitchell's going to get his attention because he, you know, had a, such a big cut, touchdown catch in the national championship game. And Ladd McConkie's going to get attention because he certainly made great use of the opportunity that existed from Georgia a year ago. And Dominic Blaylock's going to get some of that attention because of what Blaylock once was before he was injured. Now seemingly he's back healthy again. I love the idea that Kyrus Jackson says, no, I'm back too. And I'm ready to have my name mentioned, not just among the top receivers of Georgia, but also among the top receivers in the SEC there as well. That's what Kara seems to want right now. And I think that's a pretty fun thing to consider, how motivated he might be to do that. And it's very, very easy to forget, but you shouldn't forget this. Go back to early 2020, when Stetson Bennett was kind of finding his footing as the quarterback for Georgia after Dewan Mathis began the year as the starter. You know, who showed up big for, uh, for Stetson back then? Tennessee game, Auburn game, back-to-back 100-yard receiving games for Kyrus Jackson. This is a guy who has caught the football well for Georgia before. He also dealt with his own kind of injury situation last year that really prevented him from playing a lot of wide receiver. But it sounds like he's healthy and ready to also show what he's all about. I mean, 
the things we said last week about UGA still stand true here is that this is a program that needs a big breakthrough at wide receiver. It needs the kind of top-end performance that makes it more attractive as a program for the very best wide receiver recruits. That's still true. But it's also possibly true this is the deepest overall crop of receivers that Smart has had since he's been here. More guys ready to play at a high-end level than maybe we're used to seeing from UGA. And it seems like comp- Smart's confidence in this group is actually pretty high right now and i think that fans should probably follow that same suit listen to kiris jackson who says i'm ready to show you what i'm all about he may not be the only georgia wide receiver for whom that's true here for this upcoming season so good stuff there around the doghouse assisted by triple a here and listen there's a lot to love about triple a i want to make sure you know about all those great things right now because you could qualify for many benefits with triple a when you get involved with their home uh in insurance getting your home insurance through AAA, something you need to really consider right now including the disappearing deductible have you heard about this uh the disappearing deductible gives you a chance to reduce uh your comprehensive and collision uh deductible by 50 dollars on your this is actually auto insurance your vehicle you can take big advantage of that there uh you can reduce your deductible by like 50 dollars on each vehicle for every policy term that you go claim free so just simply give them a call 833-718-2075 to find out more about that that's 833 833- 3-3-7-1-8-2-0-7-5 to find out more about the disappearing deductible you can get when you get your auto insurance through AAA. That's a, a really, really awesome thing and a great way to save money right now something that everybody wants to do and AAA giving you a chance to do that through uh, auto insurance now also don't forget that coverage is subject to all policy terms conditions inclusions and limitations and discounts and savings opportunities are subject to eligibility requirements subject to underwriting requirements insurance underwritten by member select insurance company and non-affiliated insurance companies copyright 2022 the auto club group all rights reserved all right we have got a lot here coming up it's john stinchcomb we'll talk some georgia football with him and after that, we got some recruiting news for you. Big target is set a commitment date. That's worth knowing about. There is some information out there as it relates to Arch Manning, the official visit he took to Texas over the weekend. And Georgia also got itself a commitment over the weekend, too, from a pretty high-profile kicker. We'll cover all of that before we're done. But for now, everything else related to Georgia on the field as summer rolls on, it is Dog Nation Daily presented by Pella Window Indoor of Georgia. Hope you enjoy John Stinchcomb right now. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Say hello to John Stinchcomb. John, I trust that you had a happy Father's Day uh, yesterday. Got to enjoy yourself over the weekend. We certainly appreciate you stopping by and spending some more time with us here today, and we hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. I had a wonderful uh, Father's Day and, and hope that all the Dog Nation dads out there did as well. We were talking wide receivers before you joined us. Kyrus Jackson had kind of an interesting post in social media last week where it sounds like he's ready to be respected as one of the top receivers in the SEC. And, you know, John, I think he is a guy that it is easy to forget about at times because, you know, he was injured last year. Now he was returning punts and playing special teams, but not always participating in the wide receiver spot. And let's face it, Georgia hasn't kind of put out the kind of receiver numbers that always get its guys noticed. But this may be a year that starts to change some. A.D. Mitchell getting a lot of attention. Ladd McConkey getting a lot of attention. Dominic Blaylock coming back from injury. He's going to get some attention. 
But Karis Jackson seems like he's got his hand in the air saying, hey, I want, to, I want my attention there as well. And for a guy that brings a lot of toughness to the receiver position, John, I know you'll agree with me with this. I wouldn't count him out on really being able to go out there and uh, and get, get something done. I love the fact that Kyrus is speaking out right now and looking forward to stepping up. And I think that gets you even more excited for the upcoming season, does it not? Yeah, it does. And I think for Kyrus and really most of these guys, it's a matter of staying healthy. The talent is there, and he certainly flashed it. But the way Georgia uh, attacks the game is if they have capable players in a specific position group, they have no issues and see it as almost a – a strength that they can roll through and keep guys as fresh as possible. And wide receivers, one of those position groups that especially last year, um, depending on the series, you'd see a, a different deployment of, of who's taking the field. And I think that's a huge advantage. If you've got five, six wide receivers that um, you can rotate through and feel confident in as they take the field, uh, that means in the fourth quarter, when it rolls around, you've got, five guys that are still relatively fresh and, and their hundred percent hopefully outmatches whatever that cornerback who's played 60 plus snaps going into that last series in the fourth quarter, what they have left in the tank. So now uh, Kiaris is a guy it is certainly um, in the mix as, as one that could have a breakout season. Um, but the way Georgia uses them, I don't expect any singular receiver to, to uh individual focus i think it's going to be one game it's you know you can say it's mcconkey and ad and the next game it's probably two other guys here would be one that uh could have the potential to to be that breakout player in any given season yeah i think you bring up a really good point which is that we said this last week hey you got to be realistic and honest about the fact that georgia from a receiver standpoint the production has lagged the other position groups, and that's one of those things that you'd like to see change so you can be more of an attractive destination for other future wide receiver recruits. But there is an element of that, which is, hey, Georgia's been just kind of the victim of bad luck. I mean, how much better could receiver have been if they had a full season of George Pickens a year ago? To say nothing of the kind of injuries that Kiaris and, and Dominic Blaylock have dealt with, that Georgia, it seems like, and I know Alabama feels like it's got the market cornered on, on wide receiver injuries, but believe it or not, there are other programs, other places that have also dealt with some over the course of years. And uh, Georgia may have dealt with a few more than, than sometimes we probably stop to really consider just how much its production has been depleted by the fact that it just hasn't always had all its guys out there. Uh, Jermaine Burton dealt with some injuries there too, of course, and that maybe – Maybe it's just, you know, time for that to kind of shift in the other direction and move in the direction of kind of a, of a healthy core. And, boy, if that's the case, that could be that could be fun. I think it should be. Uh, you look at who is the, who is the on-paper starters from last year. It was going to be George Pickens, Jermaine Burton, Dom Blaylock. Um, I'm, missing, I'm missing the fourth one that we that you just named. Shows my, how my brain works. But Kiaris? Is it Kiaris? Kiaris. Yeah, Kiaris. So there, there's your four. And all dealt with injuries and significant ones for, for a handful of those guys. And it, it created an opportunity to get younger players, AD, LAD, more reps, more experience, and develop at a, at a much quicker rate. So that's good for the overall program. It's not going to be great for your numbers when your top four wide receivers are injured at, at, for significant parts of the season. But development-wise, um, it's... It, lended itself to greater opportunities for other players to, to get the experience that really helps elevate your game. And so 
a healthy Kiaris Jackson along with the rest of the wide receiver group. Dom Blaylock can't wait wait to have him back. So um, when when injuries occurred like they did last year, it creates opportunities. It, it hurts your overall numbers. But I think our wide receiver room is underrated. If you're looking for a position group that has talent that probably isn't getting its due in preseason this time of year, which does that really matter? Of course not. But uh, it's it's certainly a group that has a, a high level of talent. You match that with a um, MVP of a national championship game quarterback that can get the ball down the field at a success rate that I think some people don't realize is, is one of the best in college football. And that seems to be a pretty good recipe for – uh, what could be an exciting year offensively. And I'll say one more thing about this, then we can change the subject, but of all of the sort of justifiable reasons that the top four would be what it is, I mean, the name that we're not mentioning right now, which I think may have the most exciting upside of anybody is Arian Smith. Like The one thing that the George mm. receiver position, even when healthy, mm. has not had is that true blazing speed. And Smith is is the speedster and by the way you know talk about injury you know and our producer Mike Carvel certainly enjoys the idea of Arian having the breakout year but but Smith is another one of those guys that's just dealt with a lot of injuries it's been very difficult for him to stay healthy but when you think about giving Georgia what it hasn't had I mean Arian would be the guy to be able to do that and I don't know how the pecking order works out there's not enough obviously playing time to go around for everybody who wants it but in terms of maybe having a little bit of a you know, uh, kind of an upheaval to that expected rotation, the expected hierarchy. You know, a guy like Arian could certainly have something to say about that just because he provides that level of speed that previous Georgia receivers just haven't brought to the same level. Oh, yeah, I mean, Arian Smith, Rosemary Jack Saint was another player. Yeah. That, you know, uh, it went down with injury that showed some serious flashes of, of high-end capability. Rick Gilbert was a guy who was listed as a wide receiver for LSU. We, we're, we're classifying him as a tight end, but the way uh, teams are using tight ends, they're like slot-wide receivers. We saw with Brock Bowers last year, he lined up to X a number of times. So it lends Coach Munkin and, and all offensive coordinators really more flexibility when you've got a number of guys that can rotate through and, and play uh, from different alignments. I, that, I think that speaks to the uh, opportunities that this offense has. You've got such a bevy of players that bring different pieces to their game that uh, should complement and, and create for a much more diverse and effective arsenal when deployed. So, you know, obviously tight ends are going to chew into some of those numbers that the wide receivers have. And, and candidly, B.A., I, I don't really care. As long as the offense is efficient, effective, it doesn't matter to me that where it comes. I think um, that's the whole goal when you're when you're playing a team sport. Is individual statistics uh, takes a back seat to overall performance, and with the number of playmakers and the different skill sets that they provide, um, you know, maybe we don't have what is it, Bolitnikov Award winners based on statistics alone, but. Uh, as a defensive coordinator, I, I'd find it much more problematic if you've got a list of eight different players that 
are capable of striking and, and, and hurting you at any given moment. I think it's exactly right. This next topic is one that maybe you don't have a ton of experience with because you're a very sophisticated guy. You have very sophisticated friends. I'm sure all of your conversations are all very, you know, sophisticated, if you will. But highbrow. Yeah. yeah, very highbrow, of course. A lot of other Georgia fans, though, have a lot of non-Georgia fans in their life. And there's a lot of, you know, jokes they've been used to hearing for any number of years, jabs back and forth, kind of reminiscent of some of the stuff that Lane Kiffin puts out on Twitter. We joked about this off the top of the show that Kiffin had a Father's Day themed joke joke directed towards Kirby Smart a year ago and last night he apologized for doing that said that he motivated George win the national championship in all seriousness John I'm sure you would agree with this that it has been kind of nice as a Georgia fan not to have to deal with some of the jokes that you maybe dealt with a year ago where whether it be famous coach or just sort of guy that you work with you know Georgia fans took a lot of jabs for a long time and there really right now isn't much of anything anybody can say about anything. And who knows how long this kind of stuff lasts. You know, this kind of you know happiness doesn't always last forever. But while it's going on, just sort of stop and appreciate that and, and enjoy it. It feels like a pretty good thing to do, does it not? Oh, I love it. I love it because for four decades, we were the uh, bridesmaid and never the bride. And it felt like we were the brunt, we were the brunt of, of all the jokes. So... Let's enjoy the moment and the fact that there's not a lot of that, that people can say right now. And, you know, Lane Kiffin has no problems poking any bear that's out there. And uh, based on Kirby's response to, to what Lane put out this year, of uh, you know, it, they're on their own text thread and uh, all the what we what he shared with you know Georgia being the little brother, the the child to, to Nick Saban, which. Might I say it was pretty funny. Sure. You know, Lane Kiffin, a lot of the stuff he puts out is inflammatory and, and sparks a passionate response, Response, but the guy's got a great sense of humor, and uh, I'm just glad that we're no longer on the receiving end of a lot of what he's saying. I'm also grateful that, um, you know, some of the kerfuffle this year between Texas A&M and Alabama, yeah. that we were able to kind of skate past that, and, and the focus is, certainly not put us in the crosshairs of, of distractions occurring this offseason. So for us being the national championship, not only did it – or national champions, not only did it silence some of the, the you know, unnecessary jabs that we were taking. I'm going to call them unnecessary because as a Georgia fan, I certainly didn't enjoy them. But it also kept us free from some of the fray of just the uh, arguments that occur with – you know, stuff where you step on a landmine like uh, a certain coach from Tuscaloosa did yeah. about a month ago. I want to finish with this. You're on the athletic board, so you're obviously a part of a lot of conversations about how Georgia spends its money athletically. And in football, one of the things I've always believed is there's no better way to spend money than to keep good employees happy. You're obviously a business person, too. You understand that. That Listen, you know your people resources are your most valuable commodity in a lot of different ways. And last week, Georgia gave a big raise to tight ends coach Todd Hartley. To me, John – this is just the way it's supposed to work. When you do well in your job, you ought to be compensated for. And Todd's obviously, from a recruiting standpoint and on-field production standpoint, it'd be very difficult to maximize the tight end position better than he has. So now being, I think, essentially the highest-paid guy at that position in the country for the upcoming season, 
that's just that's to me it's how it's supposed to go there and i love the fact that georgia has the resources to keep young upwardly mobile hungry coaches like hartley in place he doesn't have to go be offensive coordinator at blah 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 state university to get a raise he can get that raise here right now maybe eventually he wants to be a head coach somewhere and at that point in time you know he probably would move on but while he's kind of in the early stage of his career georgia can pay him to keep him i i love that this program has those kinds of resources yeah, and we're buying an extra year or two, right? I mean, yeah. across the board, even with our coordinators, as they get these K-bumps, position coaches alike, um, it's it's to hopefully retain them for an extra year. I think we saw similar with Coach Pittman, <laughs> Sam Pittman, before he took his job. He got, a, he got a little bump in pay for a season or two, knowing that his future is bright. And when you're a part of a winning program, across the board, your coaches are going to be coveted. Uh, it's the same thing uh, for players. They're looked upon in a, in a brighter light, in a more glowing fashion, and rightfully so, because they've been a part of, of something that found success in a very difficult uh, format and platform. So for these individual coaches, I, I think that it's hard-earned money. And, and where does it start? It starts with the fact that Ryan Nesbitt, CFO of, of the athletic department, and really the athletic department in general, has done such a fantastic job of managing their financial resources, despite all the, the landmines that were out in front of us these past couple of years, whether it was COVID or uh, even expansion of, of facilities, which we were behind on, and now certainly passing that mid-mark and leading the way in certain areas. Uh, you combine that with the support of the fan base, which you know the, you talk about where does credit where does credit deserved, and it's the the dog nation fan base, their willingness to continue to financially support um, the athletic endeavors through the university. It's been paramount. That's the reason why you can afford to have the highest paid tight end coach and 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 justify it because uh, of the impact that he's had on our program and he's not alone i'm grateful for a number of these coaches that otherwise if we're we're comparing apples to apples it may not be the title but if we can financially compensate them uh to be a part of this program i think you can look and, and easily point to a number of these assistant coaches that would have opportunities to have a greater title somewhere else but are willing to uh, fill a specific need and role uh, to be a part of this program and and we're able to financially compensate them in ways that makes it make sense for them. John, so great to talk Georgia football with you. I just appreciate your insight. It's a fun thing to do and I know you got a lot going on this summer so spending a little time with us is we're always grateful for that. Hope you enjoy yourself here and we'll look forward to getting a chance to talk to you very soon there as well. Always a good time, B.A. Go dogs. Yes, sir. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. By the way, speaking of having a lot going on this summer, I hope you have a lot going on this summer there as well, whether it be playing golf or fishing or going to the pool or whatever else. Hope you get a lot of fun things planned because there is no better way to count down the days until the season begins with a lot of fun summertime stuff. And by the way, if you've got a few of those like open slots to have some more summertime fun, then you know what I'm going to tell you you need to do take advantage of as much possible fun as you can have that is a royal caribbean cruise vacation this is the time to do it you've been hearing me say that for such a long time 
get going on your own Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. I was actually talking to somebody just yesterday, bumped into somebody at church. They were getting ready to be on Symphony of the Seas. That's a gorgeous Royal Caribbean cruise ship. They were so excited about their upcoming vacation. They said, BA, we know you love taking these Royal Caribbean cruise vacations. We got our own one coming up. And I got to tell you, uh, jealousy is a sin. You shouldn't be jealous at church. But there, just briefly, I was jealous uh, of the fact that I was not going to be on that Royal Caribbean cruise ship and somebody else was. But here's what I know. I've got my own plans coming up for another Royal Caribbean cruise vacation here coming up really, really soon. And you can do the same thing. Enjoy like the onboard entertainment. That's the thing is like, you know, I, I think one of the things that sets apart a, a cruise vacation from kind of a land-based vacation is the fact there's just so many things to do on board. So many different great shows, whether it be the high dive show on the back of the Aqua the, uh, Theater on some of the Oasis-class ships where you're seeing like the folks jumping off the diving boards from what seems like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 feet in the air, however high it is. Uh, or like the Broadway-style musicals. Like I was on uh, Harmony of the Seas. They have they have Grease, like full-on production of, of Grease, full-on like so Broadway-style uh, show. There's ice skating shows. Honestly, like the ice skating show was really very good. These are, you know, like sort of world-class Olympic-style competitors uh, who are kind of now in the entertainment, you know, sphere when it comes to ice skating, but that's the level of skill and 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 uh, ability that they have and i mean to be able to see an ice skating show like that's actually really pretty amazing and it's all the stuff that's available when you take your own royal caribbean cruise vacation so i invite you to be able to do that uh, our friends the cruise and vacation authority they can help you do that's a travel agency that uh some uga folks have kind of gotten started there and they're doing a great job of telling people exactly which royal caribbean cruise vacation is right for them so you can find them online tcava.com that's tcava.com or give them a call 770-952-8300 770-952-8300 so for the most part our uh sec through here is going to be mostly recruiting themed and a lot of it kind of involves georgia including yesterday georgia getting a big kicker commitment now i'm not an expert on kickers won't, won't really pretend to be but peyton woodring uh, committing to georgia yesterday comes across a pretty big deal first of all it's a really cool edit of uh woodring uh committing there to uga but the story here is is that woodring fresh off a uga visit where he was kind of you know given the offer jumps the offer right away after having just visited alabama before that and there were some photos online of woodring you know there's that same photo that nick saban always takes and he always comes across as like so stiff and rigid to me uh, first of all there's a portion of his house and listen you shouldn't make fun of where somebody lives there's a portion of saban's house that just sort of looks like a hotel lobby which seems kind of cold and distant but it's always like saban a lot of times wearing like the sweater vest and he's like sort of stiffly posing with the recruit and like the the uh, uh there was the photo of he and woodring there together and i think a lot of alabama fans thought they were about to get a kicker and lo and behold georgia swoop in and uh takes him from him so if you're not the kind of person that spends a lot of time on the kicker websites and who's ranked where and who's what when it comes to a kicker all you need to know is alabama wanted him thought they were getting him and georgia swooped in and got him so that's pretty much all you need to know there about the value of this kicker uh, commit there to uga and obviously georgia now has had quite a uh, nice run of kickers obviously with rodrigo blankenship and then uh pod lesney here uh recently that it's been good to have a good kicker and it sounds like georgia may be in line to get themselves another one there in the future so uh good stuff there on that front also simultaneous to that as georgia was hosting a bunch of big time visitors here this weekend obviously one of the bigger recruits of all was also taking another high profile visit himself arch manning to texas now 
listen, everybody's going to tell you that the Manning visit to Austin went well, and I'm sure that it did. Official visits typically do. The one thing that was a little eye-opening from all of this was a guy that Manning traveled to Austin with over the weekend, a teammate there, Isidore Newman in New Orleans, a tight end, pulled the trigger on a commitment to the Longhorns. We'll show you this. Will Randall there uh, uh, makes the commitment to uh texas that's his uh, kind of a top target for arch manning for his isidore newman high school team traveled with him to austin for this visit and pulls the uh trigger on a uh, commitment if you will to the longhorns i don't think this is all that instructive of what manning might do first of all package deals for the most part uh don't really exist all that much gravitational pull for a tight end in the direction of a quarterback that's also not typically how this kind of stuff goes although admittedly the presence of pierce Sperlin in the georgia class one of the things that you do think uh has kind of drawn manning maybe a little closer to uga i don't make much of this i guess what i'm saying my prediction has been that manning's going to choose uga nationally it seems like more people seem to think he's going to choose texas maybe they're right i suspect they're not but one way or another the presence of randall the newman tied in going to texas i don't think that's necessarily a harbinger of what manning is going to do i don't think it hurts texas's chance with manning but this sort of strikes me as something disconnected from the recruitment of arch manning but i did want to let you know that it did happen if you weren't already aware that a teammate of arch manning's from isidore newman did commit to texas over the weekend while manning was on campus so clearly there was the presence of some good vibes and we'll see how much that translates for the future obviously hearing more about manning going to be paramount here the next couple of weeks he only had the three official visits scheduled he's now taking all three we'll find out what's next for him on that more big recruiting news and i do mean this both literally and figuratively is the fact that jamal jarrett has now put a sort of final list out there and a commitment date on hand for himself as he gets ready to make his big decision let me show you this so top three looks like auburn north carolina and georgia the visit jarrett just took was to his home state school of north carolina it sounds like the target tar heels might be a little bit of a factor in this maybe more than a little bit it sounds like they might actually be uh, a factor here in that they obviously get the middle hat placement in the graphic that you're seeing on your screen this is coming from our friends at rivals there has been plenty of reason to feel like that georgia though has been in a great spot with jared a player who i do believe is in a position of need obviously when jared took his visit to georgia few days ago jordan davis was on hand he's been clearly been sold on the idea of being the next jordan davis there at uga and he had davis there on campus while he was there as a way of kind of locking all that down so i think that georgia fans feel good about jarrett to uga we'll find out can i see the graphic one more time because i'm not even really sure i ever said when the, when the actual announcement was going to take place uh so july 19th is the decision date for jarrett july 19th coming up on that as he gets ready to make his announcement uh so georgia fans i think feel good about this but it sounds like north carolina uh, probably a little bit of a factor there too so worth following for a position of need and a player of much demand here for the class of 2023 we'll make that cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean i know a lot of you are outside at pools and lakes a lot here this weekend and when you do those ice cold coolers filled with the finished long drink always a great way to enjoy all of that and by the way if you haven't tried this yourself boy it's time to do that whether as you see on your screen for those of you watching on video that eight 
can variety pack. You get two cans of each of the four different finished long drink varieties, or maybe you want just one choice all for yourself. If you go to the website, thelongdrink.com, you can learn more about this. You can find out about the Cranberry or the Long Drink Strong, which is 8.5% alcohol by volume, the Long Drink Zero, no carbs, no sugar. There's the traditional. It comes in a blue can. It's got the grapefruit flavor, the gin kick, and it sort of looks like a beer because it comes in a can, but it's not. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail right out of the can. It's kind of a new, fun category of beverage. It's great to enjoy during the summer. I always think about the finished long drink this time of year because it's just fun to drink outside. I mean, let's face it, there are a lot of things that are fun to drink outside, but I would put this at the top of my list there on that. So check out thelongdrink.com. You can find out more about this, including where you can pick some up. Golf courses, bars restaurants beverage stores great opportunities for you to try the finished long drink it's from finland it's been in america for a couple of years it's in georgia now and you can try some thelongdrink.com for a lot more on that so a couple of golden shoes today and they are father's day themed and one of them even kind of ties back to what we did off the top of the show with the memes related to who is whose daddy around the sec yeah things have changed last year you may have been saying ah nick saban's kirby smart's daddy well now it's kirby smart who's the uh paternal leader of the sec here and that's what our first golden shoe kind of celebrates here today scott harrison's this to me happy father's day it says somebody made this graphic of kirby with his three children it's florida auburn and georgia tag that's really funny there uh good job to who made that and scott harris thank you so much to uh for sending that to me i certainly appreciate that also how about this from kip copeland this is really cool he said i hooked up my dad rick copeland with a little addition to the gator that's obviously the uh, small vehicle for father's day he says we just couldn't stand that lousy stinking gator so it's the gator brand you know vehicle you've seen those before get the georgia you know, bulldog face sticker with the gator hater underneath that that's a really nice addition there to that and how much fun is that enjoying outside this time of year even better with the gator hater sticker on that so mr copeland happy father's day to you and kip thanks so much for sharing that that's a great thing to be able to see a lot of those uga themed father's day gifts and i love all of that how about gator hater updater speaking of those lousy stinking gators four thousand nine hundred eleven days since they have won a national championship they are nobody's daddy right now i can promise you that uh and gator hater countdown 131 days from right now george back in jacksonville beating them up again you'd love to think about that that is our gator hater countdown we will see you tomorrow here on dog nation daily presented by pella window and door of george we'll talk to you then everybody and on the podcast time now for the rs andrews podcast cool down we'll take some of your comments here on twitter at dog nation daily or in the comment section of dognation.com uh george on tap who's always a great tweeter sent this to me so nike's got some i guess new georgia football shoes and it's probably not my style to be completely honest with you although i could imagine that a lot of you would love them oh wait hold on well this is actually kind of cool so i guess this actually has the score of like the this custom shoe georgia football i guess shared this i'm just now actually re- realizing it's got like the score of the georgia bama game on it so maybe i do want those shoes now uh, but the point is, is that what George on tap points out is, is like the shoes themselves have like a metallic, shiny shil- silver sheen to them. And so he says, clearly, this proves that Nike can make uh, gear with an actual silver color. So could they do it with the pants? Which I think is a very fair question. I mean, it's this is one of those things that I sort of think brings the warring factions of Georgia fans together. Like, I'm kind of like right in the middle from an age standpoint. There are about half as many Georgia fans older than me as there are younger than me. 
And so, you know, oftentimes people who are a little older and people who are a little younger don't see the world kind of the same way. You don't need me to tell you that. That's true in lots of walks of life. But in terms of like the football sense, like the one thing that all Georgia fans, whether you be 60 or 20, seem to agree on is, is it would look cooler if Georgia had real silver britches. And still don't quite think like if we ever have josh brooks in the show like that's actually the only question i kind of want to ask him is um what's up with the silver bridges how come jordan didn't have actual silver bridges <laughs> maybe one day we'll, we'll get an answer to that uh but the point is is that clearly nike's capable of doing it because these shoes have that sheen to them and it is one of those things that i do think uh uh almost all georgia fans would like although marcus owen says um uh he says those shoes might not be too fun to wear maybe that is indeed the case also i gave out a golden shoe today for scott harris sharing that uh kirby meme i got that also from other folks as well including chris moore there as well there are clearly a lot of georgia fans and just a lot of college football fans in general who like the father's day meme stuff right now of who is whose daddy i saw one of the south Carolina shows did something related to like steve spurrier over uh, over clemson just kind of a lot of that kind of stuff out there for sure right now. And by the way, one more thing from the weekend, and then we'll get ready to wrap up. Are y'all watching a lot of College World Series right now? I mean, to me, college baseball just looks like such a fun sport. And I say looks like because, unfortunately, for the most part, in the thick of the of the action, Georgia probably hasn't been there the last couple of years as much as I would like for them to be. But there is no doubt that going to Omaha, being there for Georgia, this is something that many of y'all have probably done before because Georgia hasn't taken, obviously, a good many trips to the World Series over the years. But this is something I have not ever done. And I just think the event itself is just growing so much. I'd love to be a part of it. I actually don't know if, like, I wonder how, like, if Georgia actually made a run of the World Series. Just to be completely frank, I wonder if our bosses would be all that keen about like me going from a work standpoint. Like I may have to take some vacation to go up there because I don't know that our bosses would necessarily view this as like an, a must-do work trip. So if so, if it ever happens and George makes the College World Series, and the bosses say we're not sending Dog Nation Daily on the road for baseball, just know this: I am taking some vacation time and I'll just be up there myself because. It just looks like the most fun thing in the world. And if you've done it before, I'd love to hear your recollection of it. But it seems like it's a great event now. And maybe one of these days soon, Georgia will be like the you know huge number of SEC teams who've made their way up there. Uh, saw a little bit of Auburn Ole Miss over the weekend. Obviously, Arkansas has been hot as fire. Uh, A&M, what they've done under their first-year coach, was it Schlossnagel? Is that what his name is? Schlossnagel? Uh, just it's just really fun to see and i'd love to see georgia in the mix there on that anyway y'all have a great time thanks for being here for the podcast cool down presented by rs andrews maybe rs andrews will send us up there <laughs> maybe uh i know our buddy dari payroff from rs andrews he's always in for a good trip so maybe he'll go up there with us anyway the point is check out rs andrews online for your air conditioning heating plumbing and electric needs They'll show up on time that'll work that's promised for the price is promised you can trust rs andrews on all of that getting that ac unit tuned back up to factory fresh specs it only costs 99 bucks and it can keep you cool all summer long no matter how old your air conditioning unit might be so check out rs andrews online for more on that rsandrews.com and we will see you again tomorrow dog nation daily presented by pella window and door of georgia